This is Dan Dix here reporting for Press for Truth. And what a wild week it has been in the stock market, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just hearing about this GameStop scenario and not too sure what's going on with it, well, we're going to break it all down for you in this video. We're going to be talking about these hedge fund billionaires on Wall Street and how users of the website Reddit managed to siphon off billions of dollars from Wall Street onto Main Street. We're also going to be talking about free markets and market manipulation, and of course the latest news in regards to this Robinhood trading app that has just decided to halt trading on these particular stocks. And we're gonna get into the implications of that. And joining us on the line to help us break all this down is our good friend Tim Pachot of the Liberty Advisor. The LibertyAdvisor.com is the website. Tim, thanks so much for joining us here, man, to break all this down for us. Now, I obviously wanna get into the latest news. We'll talk about the Robinhood app blocking trading and what the implications of that are. But before we get into all of this, maybe we could just start it off for somebody who's just hearing about this now, and maybe even somebody who's not familiar with trading in the first place. So let's really break it down in layman's term, and maybe we could start with this. What does it mean to short a stock? Why would these Wall Street hedge funds want to short the stock of GameStop? What does that mean? How do they benefit? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dan. I love your program. You know, I think you and James at Corbett are two of the, my favorite people to listen to, so it's an honor to be on your show. But shorting a stock essentially means you're betting against the stock. So, I mean, a lot of people may have seen the movie The Big Short. And so let's say a stock is trading for $20. You think it's going to $10 or you think it's going to be uh, going out of business. Then, and you are strongly convicted of that, then you might bet against that stock. And so it gets into really technical, wonky stuff where you're technically lending somebody else's, you're borrowing somebody else's shares. But effectively, if you're, if the stock is trading for 20, you think it's going down to 10, you lend, you borrow it when it's at 20. And if it goes to 10, then effectively you just made $10 on, you know, per share on that. But if it goes the opposite direction, then you can actually lose more than 100% because the thing is, when you uh, are shorting a stock, a stock could technically go to infinity. I mean, it could, it could just keep going up and up and up, and then you could be closed out of your position. So what was going on with GameStop is that it was, pro I don't know if it was the most shorted stock in the market, but it was, it was ridiculously short. It was the percentage of shares outstanding was something like 140% of the stock was shorted, which is insane. Like you almost never, I mean, you basically never see that happen. So what these guys did, and I really applaud them uh, on Reddit because I'm all about the smaller guy. And it's almost like Robin Hood doesn't understand where they got their name from when here they are shutting down the smaller guy against the big guy when Robin Hood was supposed to be stealing from the rich to give to the poor. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, you know, the irony of, you know, everything else that goes on. It's very, very fitting. But essentially, the other component of what was going on is something called a short squeeze. And, you know, I'm trying not to get, you know, too technical with this, but in a short squeeze, so once, so when you are shorting a stock, you're going to have to go out on margin. There's a certain amount that you need to keep as collateral. But if the stock starts, instead of going from $20 to 10, if it starts going from like, in the case of GameStop, going from $20, I mean, I think at one point it was like $3 not too long ago, goes from $20 to $30. Now all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, we need to either put more money in as collateral. Otherwise we're going to be forced to liquidate our position. Or you're, going to have to, or you're going to have to liquidate your positions, or you're going to have to buy back the shares to, to cover that. So in a short squeeze, what's going on is that you have, and what's going on with Reddit is you have all these, you know, basically mom, pop, you know, 
Robinhood people, you know, going in to, you know, put in a little bit of money and there's a lot of people buying, not a lot of people selling. And so it's making the stock price go up. So now what a short squeeze is, is that once you've, let's say, you know, you only wanted to, you, you have a max risk exposure that you wanted to be in it for. So, you know, like, Hey, we, we, uh, you know, don't want to lose too much. So we don't want to lose, you know, 30% of our portfolio or 10, I mean, I wouldn't want to lose 30%, but you don't want to lose 5% or 10%. And so in order to close out your position, you have to buy the stock back. But if you were shorting the stock at $20 and now the stock's at, you know, I'm not sure what it is the second, now it's at $247. If you thought it was overvalued at 20, you really think it's probably overvalued at 240. So then these short sellers then have to then buy back the stock at 240 to then close out their position from when they shorted at 20. And then, and then now you, when you have the short sellers who need to cover, it's called a short squeeze because now the people that were shorting the stock have to buy it back to cover it. And, it's, and when you have something that's where 140% or 138% of the stock was, was short, which you know is just crazy levels. I'm not even sure like how they even do that or if that's even like no legal, but we're, we're at a point where, you know, these shorts, I mean, and a lot of this, and it's still short too. Like there's still a huge amount short as of, you know, the last time I checked, which means the, the real short squeeze may not have even potentially even occurred yet, but, but it's been somewhat stymied because a lot of major brokerages, both, you know, here and around the world have stopped trading in either GameStop or they've, not allowed, uh, maybe put options, which is something a little bit different than shorting. And so in a short, you're basically betting against the stock without making things too complicated. You're betting it's going to go down, but if you're not protected, so I mean, what the, I'm surprised that these guys, and maybe, and I don't know exactly what they did at this Melvin Capital, which was the hedge fund. I mean, you could do something where you could protect your position by buying a, a call option. So that way, if it gets out of, out of, you know, out of hand, like what's going on now, you wouldn't be completely screwed. And so, which is what a, which it means you're hedging your bets, but a lot of hedge funds don't really even hedge. They just speculate. And so hedge fund is sort of a catch-all term to mean a lot of different things. But if they were actually hedged, which you'd think so being, you know, multi-billion dollar firms that are the smartest of the smart people in the room, that they would have done this. So if they didn't do it, I'm not really shedding a tear over these guys who, you know, got in way over their heads, you know, effectively. Yeah. Well, this whole thing raises the question of market manipulation. A lot of people in the mainstream are saying, oh, my God, this needs some sort of regulation. Can you believe that a bunch of bandits on Reddit can just simply manipulate the market like this when, meanwhile, aren't they the ones who manipulate the market? Aren't they the ones on Wall Street who go on the news and and, and have the ability uh, to use the propaganda channels in order to manipulate the markets on their side? But now it seems they want to clamp down on this manipulation of market, right? Can we talk a little bit about the, the state of the true free market and whether or not we actually have one? Oh, that's a simple answer. There is no free market. And the biggest manipulators of them all is the Federal Reserve. I mean, they're out there printing you know, trillions of dollars. Last year, the Federal Reserve's balance sheet doubled. So and what I what really pissed me off with all the Trump people is they thought, oh, there's going to be some back end plan to nationalize the Federal Reserve. Then meanwhile, the size of the Federal Reserve literally from 1913 all the way up until Obama, you know, and Obama did a lot to raise it, too. And then Trump, actually, not that it was him you know, completely, but the Fed doubled in size, yeah. which is manipulating things. And really what they were saving and, and the Federal Reserve was going in and buying up corporate bonds, which 
to me is actual fascism. So everybody wants to say orange man bad and look at all these fascists as they're, you know, as there's, you know, 30,000 troops guarding the Capitol with razor wire fence, you know, now that fascism has been defeated supposedly. But that is when you have the Federal Reserve, which technically isn't, you know, a state institution, but when you have the government buying up corporation bonds, if the corporation goes bankrupt, then they're now the owners of that corporation. And so that's effectively the merger of state and corporations, which is fascism, but it's, you know, sexy to say, and and in Japan, that's what they've been doing for years. So the Bank of Japan, they take out a keyboard, they type a bunch of, you know, ones and zeros on computers, you know, make hundreds, billions of dollars worth of yen, and they're using that to then buy up their own stocks, which which is completely manipulating everything. But if, and the reason why the market hasn't crashed, it's sort of like in a monopoly game. You, you know, everybody, I don't know, we start with like $2,000 in the US. And then, but imagine if every hour somebody's throwing another $500 on the board, another $1,000 on the board. Now, all of a sudden, you can start bidding up more money for Park Place or Marvin Gardens or, I was going to say Melvin, you know, <laughs> Melvin Capital, if they had a place on the board, but they're, uh, they're, they're probably not doing too well right now. But it's just the complete, when you're just flowing all this extra money with something like $14 trillion globally. It's a very scary time. And I just read the other day, or actually yesterday on Zero Hedge, that it was saying that by within three years, 20% of global economies could be on a digital currency. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing that I've been warning about for the, 12, my, you know, the past 12 years that I've been an activist has been the Federal Reserve. I was in the class that won the national competition on the Federal Reserve against Harvard and Yale, and I didn't even know it was private you know, when I graduated school. And so that is the biggest thing is once they have everybody on this digital grid, they're going to be able to say, oh, hey, Dan, you know, you went to that protest and we don't really you know, appreciate that. So boom, we're going to go yank your bank account or we're going to have negative interest rates. And, and having the Fed manipulate the rates down to zero, that has been the biggest manipulator of everything because it's taken the average mom and pa who, you know, let's say that someone has half a million bucks and before they could put it into, you know, a safer type investment and maybe get six, seven, eight percent interest. And now you're getting nothing. And so then it's forcing people to be more risky, which, and then if the system ever, you know, does crash, then they need to then print more money and which then, you know, just creates more malfeasance and more malfeasance. But the biggest issue is the fact that the money is debt. Yes. So in order to get a dollar into the system, you have to get debt into the system and you can never pay off the debt. And so it's, it's basically a high tech slavery that we're underneath, Dan. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about it in the sense that this Reddit movement is obviously very reminiscent of the 2012 Occupy Wall Street movement. And that was all about the 99% versus the 1%. Now, if you are correct, and I happen to tend to agree, wouldn't it be wise for them to shift their focus from the 1% on Wall Street and to then move to hack at the root as the 0.001% that is the Federal Reserve? And if they do shift their focus from Wall Street hedge funds to the private Fed institution, how could we do that and what might that imply? Yeah, I know an excellent uh, statement. And I used to be a, you know, a big, uh, first I was an audit the Fed activist and I was, a, then I became an end the Fed activist. And then eventually, you know, through our, you know, mutual friend, Ernest Hancock, he's like, you know, screw him, ignore the Fed. And so if, and on float.app, I wrote yesterday, uh, late last night, and it was if, you know, the subreddit on Wall Street really wanted to screw over Wall Street, what they would do is sell, and, I'm, and I am a financial advisor, so I got to say this is just in jest, not, uh, I can't, not giving financial advice in case the SEC watches this, but if they really wanted to 
harm them, what they would do is they would sell all their stock and then just buy Bitcoin. I mean, so at a certain point, you know, if everyone has their money in these uh, digital currencies that they can't, you know, stop, then effectively, you know, that is really going to hit at the heart of it is buying Bitcoin is the biggest FU to the system, not still playing in their rigged casino. And I still have investments in their rigged casino, but it's a lot of it's based on the fact that we're not in a free market and where I think that I have to put my crony hat on and think where if I was a government crony bureaucrat, like you have Nancy Pelosi the other day, her husband bought a million dollars worth of, uh, I think it was Tesla options, call options, Disney and Apple. And so in an, an option, you're basically you're either going to most of them either go to zero or you're going to make a bunch of money. So now you have people in government who then say, oh, hey, we're going to give more green tax credits to, to Elon Musk or we're going to do this or that. And so they have the ability to influence things. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And I wish Occupy Wall Street would have focused a lot, uh, probably most of your listeners would have focused on the heart of it, which is central banking. And, and actually, there's one layer above the Federal Reserve, which is actually the Bank of International Settlements, which is its own country in Switzerland, the sort of like like the Vatican where no one can audit it. No one can. And, and they're the central bank of the central banks. And it's really, that's just one of the topics no one talks about, but it's striking at the heart of the system. And the root cause is the Federal Reserve. And, and unfortunately, you know, and, and you got people like Janet Yellen, who is now at the secretary of the treasury, got confirmed in the other day as the first woman. Well, when she was at the Fed, she was saying, oh, her greatest accomplishment or her life work is to try to figure out income inequality. Well, I know why there's income inequality is because you print trillions of dollars, you give it to the richest people in the world and they get to speculate with it. And then it makes all of the rest of our dollars worth less. And then it affects the poorest people the most. So then we have to have universal basic income to give to the poor people. But then once they tie that digitally, it's going to be, oh, you, uh, you, know, you were at a protest or, oh, hey, sorry, you were only wearing two masks and not three because that's a new standard these days. And so you're not going to get your, your basic income and then it's going to silence everybody. I mean, obviously not people like you and me, but it's going to, you know, people are going to self-censor and it's going to get even more Orwellian. So this is, I mean, we're past the time of standing up and I, and I wish, you know, that and it, it, we're, it is moving in a good direction, but I think the reason they're clamping down is because this, the powers that not be, they know that there's this, you know, global uprising that has basically stalled out by the coronavirus, but in some regards also accelerated it as well. Well, we're both hoping that this movement shifts gears into hacking at the root towards the Fed, but there may be a couple of steps that are necessary to take before we get there. And one of the 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 uh, scenarios that the, the general consensus of the community is starting to think about is short squeezing the silver market. Now, I want to get your thoughts on that. Some of these guys are saying uh, silver at 25 is incorrect due to inflation. It technically should be at around $1,000. Silver holders all over the world should be rich today. They want to inflate the price of silver in order to take down the likes of JP Morgan. Do you think that's a good strategy moving forward? I personally think that collecting precious metals and, and mining stocks is a good idea anyways, but as this Reddit plan, do you think moving from stocks to precious metals is a good idea? Yeah, and actually, I uh, let's see. I, I actually sent somebody a text message an hour ago, and it said if they really wanted to f Wall Street, they'd sell well, sell all their stock and buy Bitcoin, or force J.P. Morgan's silver short silver position by buying up the SLV. Now, I'm not making any recommendations because I'm an advisor and you know, there's all sorts of draconian rules of what I can say or can't say on here. But you know, reading between the tea leaves, I am a big fan of precious metals. Uh, I mean, I'm a bigger fan of, of Bitcoin, but in, you know, it's not going to go to zero. I think it is artificially being manipulated. There's a lot of use cases for silver. I don't know what JP Morgan's short 
a position is now or, or if they still have one, but they've been caught throughout the years manipulating it. And it's always some, you know, 28 year old trader that gets, you know, thrown underneath the, thrown underneath the bus and, you know, all the fat cats, nothing ever happens to them. But yeah, I, I do think buying silver would be a potential. But then when you're messing with people like JP Morgan, which are basically the ones that created the Federal Reserve down at Jekyll Island on JP Morgan's private estate, you're you're playing with with fire, and, uh, and I know you did interview Gio Griffin recently, and where he exposed it in his book. But with J.P. Morgan, you're just, you know, it's they just have unlimited control of pretty much being able to go to the Fed, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, stopped trading on silver, which is why it's important to have physical. Uh, now I know for some reasons, you know, it's better to have it in some cases electronically, but I think in most cases it's better to just have the physical silver uh, in your possession or physical gold in your possession. Cause eventually on a long enough time horizon, the system is eventually going to reset. I mean, they're, you know, Klaus Schwab wrote an entire book called the great reset where they're talking about the dollars days are numbered and as the world reserve currency. And so they were already planning this and the, the system with the Federal Reserve got too far out of control. And so what they wanted to do initially, I think, was to have Hillary Clinton win, have a war with Russia, then blame the war on Russia for why the currency collapsed. But then that didn't work because Donald Trump got in and threw a little monkey wrench in their plans. But tyranny still ended up getting you know way worse, even underneath him. And government got way worse underneath him. But with Trump getting in there, I think they had to refocus and blame a different boogeyman. And I think the new boogeyman will be the coronavirus of, oh, yeah, everything was going great. And then the coronavirus, unless it's use this opportunity to have a central bank digital currency. That's why the head of the Office of Comp Control Currency in America right now is a former Coinbase uh, you know, legal advisor. And then he's probably, ever since April 1st, and he's probably going to be replaced potentially by a Ripple. Uh, not that you know we're fans of Ripple over here, I, I imagine, but you know, by one of their board members. So you can see this march towards getting on a digital uh, digital grid and having everybody on there. And then that way, I mean, just look, they shut down Trump, they're shutting down Trump's bank accounts. And it's not about whether you like Trump or not. It's about if they can do that to the former president, you can, you know, be sure they're going to do it for you, which is why, you know, I took a, a break from podcasting, but came back when they shut down Alex Jones, because I'm like, you know, if they could shut down him, they could shut down anybody. And, and you were one of the, the first people that they shut down, which means you're, you know, right over the tip of the spear yeah. and you're, uh, you know, over the storm cloud. Well, let's talk about this shutting down process because right now we've seen, uh, uh, major apps like Discord, who have just uh, removed the um, the uh, Wall Street Bets uh, discussion group, um, and now we have the popular trading app Robinhood now suspending or halting any tradings on GME or AMC or any of these BlackBerry or or Bed, uh, Bed and Bath and Beyond or any of the uh, stocks in question that Reddit is targeting. Now, what does that imply when a company like Robinhood is going to a kowtow to their overlords at Wall Street and and just shut off the market. How is that even legal? I mean, how can they decide what people can buy and trade, especially when they figured out a way to to game this thing? When that's what it's all about in the first place. I mean, what do you make of Robinhood shutting down the ability of, of people to trade? I mean, I already alluded to this once, but it's just very rich that a company called Robinhood, where Robinhood was this, you know, take from the rich and give to the poor. And now you've got the, you know, the little guy taken from the big guy and they shut down the little guy to protect the big guy when their name implies the exact opposite. So, you know, we are living in this bizarre world where nothing makes sense. And, you know, the rules always get changed. In 2008, I mean, there would never been, I mean, just what happened when the Fed that I talked about the corporate bond buying, it's not legal for the Federal Reserve to be buying up corporate bonds. So they created this like, 
like shell company, then the shell company's doing it with money that they're getting. I mean, so they create this loophole for themselves. And then in 2008, you had GM where, uh, you know, effectively they bailed out the stockholders and screwed the bondholders, which should have, you know, it was also illegal. So they just changed the rules whenever, you know, it sees fit. And I imagine that they'll keep changing the rules. And eventually the Fed will probably come in and start buying up stocks or you have a complete nationalization of everything because, you know, in order to save everybody and using that in air quotes, they need to completely rig this entire system. And so it's just a sign of things to come. And, you know, and like our friend Ernest Hancock says, you know, if they can do it, they will do it and they are doing it. And so, you know, can they do it? Yes. And so it's, it's just surprising that it'd be Robin Hood having the first, uh, you know, being one of the first people to, you know, to do this, you know, given the fact that their name is Robin Hood, but, you know, just, it's just fitting with everything else that's gone on, you know, the past year that, you know, everything is, you know, up is down, down is up. I mean, you know, two plus two equals five these days. So nothing makes sense. And if they can do it, they are going to do it. And so we are, you know, you're effectively playing in a rigged casino. Yeah. Well, as I always say, the system isn't broken, my friends. The system is fixed. The system is completely fixed. And uh, they are going to try to turn this around. But guess what? The internet bunch, the Reddit crowd, they're a crafty bunch. And if they continue to try to shut these groups down and shut down their channels and avenues, they're going to come up with new, innovative, rather exciting ways to be able to you know, uh, attack from, from, from other angles. So this is certainly not over. I, I see this oh, no. really, really just starting of something big and exciting that really could expand into all sorts of yeah. uh, uh, new areas. So I, no, I'm super excited about this because, you know, when I got shadow banned off Facebook in 2016, right after the election or the selection, it then that got me focused on blockchain and different methods that they couldn't necessarily take people down. So they're going to wish they didn't mess with us to begin with, because now it's not just now you're getting a whole new breed of people who are trying to you know, figure things out who are, you know, way behind where, you know, a lot of your audience members are, are, are in terms of like understanding where, you know, we're going in terms of this tyranny. So if you can build a new internet, even on a blockchain or doing different things that it can't be taken down, I have a lot of hope. It's just, you know, and maybe people are finally realizing, oh, we shouldn't have gone over to Parler that's on AWS that's owned by the Cambridge Analytica people that sold our data out. And so at least you know, mother, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. And so no one, everyone was calm and comfortable and, you know, Hey, they're only going after them. So it's not a big deal. And now they're trying to say that, uh, you know, discord, that it was a you know, white supremacist in their group or some or hate speech. And, you know, Sam Tripoli recently got kicked off of discord. His got taken down and, uh, you know, uh, your fellow Canadian, John Snice and I have a Tim and John show discord. And I was posting in there yesterday, Hey, let's look for alternative guys. Like, I don't want to be, uh, supporting any platform. I know LRN.FM, I think they they use matrix servers. I've never been on there before, but if, but maybe if you guys leave a comment in below, like other things that you guys like, uh, that could be a good discord alternative. I know you were kicked off MailChimp and then I then left MailChimp because of that. And so people have to be proactive. They have to have backup plans and you know, it's, and it's, and unfortunately everything's going to be federated as people go to the, all these different places. Uh, but eventually I think the technology will be such that they'll wish they didn't mess, mess with us because we're going to have immutable content that can be taken down in the future. It's just going to be, I think some dark days between now and the point that we get there. Well said. And I think decentralization is key moving forward and people are starting to, to, to realize that fact and are, uh, are disconnecting themselves from the central centralized institutions as you said, Bitcoin is a great, a great way to do that because it's so decentralized. Um, so I, I hope people take, uh, take that advice to heart. Um, so yeah, Tim, man, thanks so much for, uh, uh, for breaking this all down for us. It it's, can be confusing for some people who are new to this, but um, you, you did a great job breaking it down. Where can people go if they want to learn uh, more from you? 
Thanks, Dan. They can head to thelibertyadvisor.com and then uh, you know, they can see all the different services that I offer for people. So for American investors, and I do, I'm a financial advisor, where I do a lot of stuff in crypto. I can even get you know IRAs and 401ks into cryptocurrencies where you hold the private keys as well. And then also for all my media stuff, you can click on the little media tab up there as well. And it'll bring you to the Liberty Advisor show where I'm putting out my propaganda all the time, mainly different financial topics. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with John Snyson and your other fellow Canadian uh, Josh Segerson. Hmm. So I do a lot of work with them as well, and mostly on financial and economic and geopolitical stuff. Well, from what I can tell, you're pretty much always on point. In fact, you're, you're forward thinking and have had made some really good predictions that have come true. So that's why I wanted to have you on today. And so I really encourage people to check out the links in the description below to the Liberty Advisor. LibertyAdvisor.com is the site. Tim, once again, man, thanks so much for joining us. You uh, keep up the great work. Thank you. And I wish most of those predictions didn't come true. But anyways. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, Here we are. All right, man. We'll navigate this space and we'll be fine. Peace. Yep. Yep. Thank you. We all want truth. truth. The truth will set you free. free, free.